by the readership. I did not plan to reproduce my personal letters hook, line and stinker. In common with my father, biography and history fascinate me, so it was a more rounded memoir that I had in mind, based on some sterling extracts from his letters. Time was not on my side. Although I have been writing one small way or another all my life, I needed help to get me going in this case. I found it on a week's creative non-fiction course with the Arvon Foundation in Devon. I was happily knuckling down to my task when suddenly a streak of greased lightning whizzed past. It was my brother Lupin. His book, entitled Dear Lupin, Letters to a Wayward Son, was already on the stocks with this noble publisher. Holding onto the pillion behind him was Sister Lumpy with her folio of letters. Dear Lumpy, letters to a disobedient daughter. It was definitely time to oil my own skates. The result is a book which by its very nature led me back into the past, compelling me to consider the best and the worst of my family life. While I have been working away in my little study at home, I have frequently laughed out loud at my father's irresistible humour. At other times I have felt anger and sadness and sympathy. Roger's letters glide seamlessly through an astonishing diversity of topics, reflecting his many moods, from brightest to gloomiest, always with his characteristic sense of comedy and wisdom. Honesty, courage, loyalty and a strong work ethic were qualities which informed all my father's actions. In print, his sagacity was embedded in the originality and wicked wit of his observations on members of his caste, from our cat to the Prime Minister tempered by his affection for recipients of his vintage epistles. My father's written material is sufficiently rich and varied for me to be able to identify and serve up, with confidence, some of the most tempting dishes from his long menu. If you've already enjoyed my father's comic voice through his letters and become curious to know more about him, his wife, Nidnod, and their children, Lupin, Lumpy, and their bossy elder sister, this book is for you. Should it be your first meeting with the Mortimer family, I wish you a most merry ride. Jane Torday Chapter 1 Invading the Study There is something V-nice about pigs, as snug as a pig in peas straw. Pigs in clover, lucky little sucking pig. On the pig's back, a regular porky boy. Little pigs sleep in the sweetest of straw, etc., etc. I think I'll buy one of those mobile homes called Porky's Cabin. R.M. The old roll-top desk at which my father worked was never shut. His wooden slatter top was firmly wedged back in its casing. It was a man's desk, and beware the woman with the temerity to polish it. On this account, my father had few worries as far as my mother was concerned. I can't recall seeing her with a duster in her hand. For our daily helps, the desk was forbidden territory. But my father had reckoned without his elder daughter. Full of insatiable curiosity like Rudyard Kipling's Elephant's Child, time sometimes hung heavy on my hands as a little girl. Use your initiative, was a frequent suggestion. So I did. Tidying, cleaning, polishing and rearranging rooms, sheds, stables, lofts and outbuildings where these activities were apparently neglected. Part of the pleasure was unearthing treasures and secrets. These were not the diversions my elders and betters had in mind. 
Like the elephant's child, I was sometimes spanked for my pains. Should I appear in the study on some pretext when my father was working, I was dispatched with, Make a noise like a bee and buzz off, or make a noise like a hoop and roll away. The study, always an upstairs room, was his sanctuary, though not a silent one. The landing echoed to the repetitious clatter of typewriter keys as my father vigorously tapped out his thoughts for books, articles and letters. His typewriter was perched, somehow securely, on an unstable leather inlaid panel with a hinge missing at the centre of the roll-top desk. My father and his typewriter were so inseparable a team that it sometimes seemed as if this machine might be one of his limbs, like an arm or a leg. Black, metallic, inky and cumbersome, his first typewriter was, I think, a Remington. I was still of tender age when he discarded this magic monster and handed it over.